It's time for the Plant Doctor segment on a real world gardener. And on the line, I've got Steve Begrain, who's the horticulturalist and agricultural scientist. How are you today, Steve? Oh, very well. Very well indeed. And we're going to be talking about a juicy subject, I understand. Oh, that makes it sound edible, which it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's nematodes. Da-da. That's right. I mean, not unless you've got a really unusual diet, which I suppose is possible, but no. Not something we're going to eat, is it? No. And I guess most gardeners wouldn't realise that because they think of nematodes as bad because they are then straight away going to, oh, root not nematodes. But that's just one of the many. Isn't that right? Yes, it is indeed. And that is a misnomer, as we say, that nematodes, when you mention the word, they always go, oh, nasty nematodes. But there's only a very small percentage of them that uh, do the damage, which we'll talk about later. I'm here to tell you about uh, a lot of the beneficial nematodes as well. Yeah, that was a surprise to me, that's for sure. I hadn't heard of beneficial nematodes. I only just assumed, like everyone else, blanket statement there, that uh, there's only one uh, nematode and that's the bad one. 40,000 species? Oh, yeah, that's right. Up to a million. Uh, 40,000 have been classified at this point, but up to a million, which include the a range of nematodes which, uh, to give you some background, Across the planet, there's more of these critters than there are anything else on the planet. That's how many of them there are. So we rely on them heavily to actually go through and process uh, diatritis matter in the soil and in the oceans. So they are absolutely everywhere. And, you know, this it's reported that there's 60 million of them in the soil for every one human. So, so they're outnumbering us. Uh, and we and we need to understand them and uh, be able to utilise the good guys. Now, tell me, does that mean that as the population expands of people, then so does the nematode population? Now, that's a question that I would only be able to give you my own uh, unqualified answer to. <laughs> I would say not. They're, they're basically living in our environment uh, and have done so. They live in our gut as well. And there's ectopathogenic nematodes as well. It sounds fancy word, but it basically means they parasitize other, other critters, including things like insects and also humans. We get nematodes which um, live on inside us as well. So, oh, uh, but mostly, yes, <laughs> mostly these are really good guys because we can use them to get rid of insects that we don't like, like grasshoppers. Now, I would describe a nematode as being a very thread-like worm kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Is that how they all are? It's a round worm, so therefore, uh, yeah, I suppose you could say it's still thread-like. Uh, they all are. They've got a fairly large triangular head, uh, in most cases a, a relatively large mouth, uh, which they can expand to consume their prey, which might be protozoa, uh, bacterias, uh, and all sorts of soil antagonists that can be, again, good and bad. But their primary responsibility there is for consuming the other protozoas and bacterias in the soil to actually release the nutrients that those particular critters have got in there, embodied in them as well. So the nematodes are kind of at the end of that process and they release all of these nutrients back out in the soil, which through like uh, the rotation or the uh, cycle of things like uh, ammonia, 
end up as nitrogen, available nitrogen for plants. Now, when you mention protozoa, then that means they really are microscopic. Well, yeah, they're, they're a bit like a worm. They go through the process of taking in not individual organisms, but by processing the actual soil around them, they being about 1.1 uh, of a millimetre up to 2.5 millimetres. Obviously, the 0.1 millimetres uh, are guys that are not going to be, cannot be seen by the naked eye. But the 2.5 millimetres, you can actually see them sometimes when they're attacking things like uh, potatoes and the like. Well, that sounds a bit ghastly, really, because I, as I, <laughs> I can't get... Can't get that picture that you mentioned that they live inside us. I'm going, oh, really? How can I get rid of them? Well, you know, they're worms, and I suppose as long as their numbers are kept in check, and you know, we'd be less likely to have them in uh, developed countries. But in uh, less developed countries, uh, it's a it's a symbiotic relationship to some extent, I suppose. Um, and as long as we don't get you know excessive numbers of them then the balance is there that they do their job and we live side by side as we do with so many other bacteria. Our bodies are made up of bacteria, so it's not something we want to lose, really. Okay. How do they reproduce? Uh, how do they reproduce? There's male and females. So they're not uh, asexual, but they actually have male and female critters, so they come together and they, they do their thing and they reproduce more than nematodes by that way. So they're always carrying two sets of genes, unlike a lot of other critters that can actually either carry both morphalic in terms of carrying both sexes, but in this case, two different sexes, male and female. Oh, okay. So that means they lay, lay eggs. Uh, yes, in a, in a way they do. They, they produce uh, like worms do, uh, other worms, uh, eggs in, that are left in the soil that uh, then will come out as baby nematodes. Ooh, okay. Now, I did read... <laughs> Um, some of the information yep. that you gave me was that um, there's uh, apparently an ant that gets parasitized mm. with uh, nematodes, and they yeah, uh, this yeah. is fascinating. <laughs> These little <laughs> nematodes, uh, as in a lot of uh, life cycles, when you get down to it, the the complexities and the, and the cleverness of, of the way that uh, life cycles have perpetuated in things like fungals and and also in this case. Uh, these organisms, these nematodes, is quite incredible. Now, again, there's a lot of diversity. There's 40,000, so they don't all do it this way. But one of them uh, has an association with an ant that it infects as a nematode, which turns the backside, basically, of the ant brightly red uh, and appears to a bird as uh, a sumptuous meal, uh, which the bird then consumes, the nematode goes through the system of the bird and then through the feces is ejected out again and so goes on the life cycle. So this little critter, through uh, its association with uh, yeah. ants, has found a way of perpetuating its species. All right. Now let's get on to the ones that gardeners always think of and that's the root knot nematode. And let's start mm -hmm. off with describing what a plant might look like if it's been infected by root knot nematode so well let's uh, there's symptoms above ground and below ground so above the ground i guess you could say they were stunted and in warmer weather they might wilt and even though you're watering they don't perk up in any way then you would go oh what's wrong with this and when you dig them up because they're not coming good, 
you'll discover that they've got these funny nodules on their roots, and that's a dead giveaway for having root knot nematodes, hence the name. I guess that's the common name. Yes. I mean, uh, the difficulty here for uh, most gardeners is that um, there are other things which put nodules onto plants, uh, you know, mainly the fixing of nitrogen, etc., which is a, a positive thing. So it's not always clear. Uh, the other problem is that plants will have that look of uh, unhappiness, uh, you know, wilting, etc., from wilting fungal diseases as well. So the nematode one is is a bit mysterious uh, for, for diagnosing and given their size can be a little bit difficult at times. Yeah, you, that's so true, actually, when you mention that, because, well, if you put anything in the Fabaceae family, we'll have nodules on the roots because of the nitrogen-fixing thing. And, yeah, all the fungal wilts that are associated with that family can be a bit hard to diagnose. So is there a... a Definitive? Short... Not really, but um, what you should do is probably jump on the old Dr. Google and have a look at the difference between root knot nematode uh, symptoms, the way it looks, and the way it looks when you're fixing nitrogen, they are quite different. But to the untrained eye, you might assume that they are very similar, but not so. Okay, Steve, well, we'll leave it there because there's so much to say about nematodes, good and bad. So uh, mostly bad, I, I think, because well, we're going to focus on root knot nematodes. So next week we'll talk more about how to control this this problem in the garden once again steve thank you so much for chatting with me on real world gardener oh it's a pleasure